Welcome to the Old Galway Diary Podcast. Each week, Tom Kenny and I, Ronnie O'Gorman, write a column in the Galway Advertiser. Before it goes to press, we contact each other and share what is filling the page that particular week. This podcast is that conversation. And I would add, we enjoy talking to you and would appreciate if you would give us a rate and review on the Apple Podcast app. Morning, Tom. Hello, good morning, Ben. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Do you know, Ben, in all the years that I have been doing this column in the advertiser, there have never been five Thursdays in the month of February. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the first time uh, that I can remember uh, that I have written five, and that's because, of course, it's a leap year, yeah. and the 29th of February is a Thursday. And so the reason I've picked the column this week is because it was on that day in 1952 that there was uh, a very important meeting held in Galway. Oh. Now, <clears throat> Galway never really had much of a tradition in musical, you know, uh, or a musical society. There were a few dotted events early in the 20th century. Handel's Messiah was performed in 1902 and 03 by the Galway Orchestral Society uh, in the Court Theatre. Then there was a Technical Choral Society uh, as well. <clears throat> they were part of the Technical School, uh, and they produced a couple of uh, musicals. But after that, there was absolutely no real musical input into Galway life yeah. uh, yeah. until the 1950s. And that brings me back to the 29th of February uh, in 1952. There was a meeting held. Now, <clears throat> some weeks before, the Galway Literary Society had a, a lecture uh, given on Verdi and uh, Brother Cuthbert, who was a patrician brother, he was invited to second the vote of thanks. And in doing so, he... You know, he said, you know, wouldn't it be great? It would be important uh, for Galway that a choral society might be established and that it might, um, you know, liven up the whole music yeah. scene. Now, in the late 40s, it was decided that the site that was um, the Shambles Barracks on Bridge Street would be handed over to the diocese in order to build a school. And so the idea for St. Patrick's School was formed. But £20,000 of the cost needed to be re raised locally. And so uh, uh, there were a lot of fundraising things. events went on. There were lectures, there were tombolas, there were weekly draws, there were concerts, pantomimes, all kinds of things. And as a lot of the concerts were visiting artists who came to Galway. And Brother Cuthbert had decided that he would form a choir, which he called the Patrician Choir. These were made up of boys from the Monastery School, the Bish National School, 
and the Bish Secondary School. There were about 100 boys in this group. They were obviously very good. They actually made a record. They appeared a number of times on Radio Erden and, in fact, on Welsh radio as well. So the kind of genesis, the base as far as is there. Anyway, <clears throat> at this lecture, as I say, Brother Cuthbert uh, <clears throat> put forward the idea of a musical group for Galway, choral group. And as it happened, the local newspapers picked up on this. And then the Patrician the Bish Past Pupils Union decided they would pick up on it as well. So they formed the meeting, and there was only one uh, idea at the meeting, and that was to the formation of a choral group for Galway. And they did. All officers were appointed, and they got going very quickly. This was, as I say, on the 29th of February. Uh, so the first rehearsal they had was exactly a week later. <clears throat> now, it, at the time, just about every church in Galway had their own choir. So there were a lot of singers out there, and most of the people who came to that first rehearsal were members of various church choirs. But yeah. things moved on very quickly, because within a month, <clears throat> they had formed an orchestra. And on April 9th, the first rehearsal of choir and orchestra uh, took place. And now they became the Patrician Musical Society. When they formed themselves initially, they were the choral, Patrician Choral Society. Yeah. But now that the orchestra had joined them, they were the music. So their first uh, public recital came on 16th of May with a chorus of 60 people and 12 musicians. This is remarkable, I mean, that it should all happen so quickly. Yeah. There was obviously a great desire out there for such an organization and a group. <clears throat> Certainly a lot of enthusiasm must have gone into it. So they now decided that they would set their sights even higher and that they would produce a grand opera. This was Maritana. <clears throat> This was a huge step up from what they'd been doing. And uh, so it actually opened in the town hall on March 23rd, 1953. <clears throat> now, there was a lot of difficulties with this. First of all, it was a major production. There were a huge number of singers and musicians. Uh, but there were also, the town hall was a cinema. <clears throat> yeah. I remember, Opera yeah. opened on the Monday night, but the stage crew could not get into the town hall until the movies finished on Sunday night. So uh, <coughs> the stage crew were working under very difficult circumstances. They had could make no preparations in the town hall. The uh, All the sets were made elsewhere. They were all carried in. PJ Ruan carried in all the sets and the scenery. <coughs> Uh, the tab rail was carried from the Taivert by the men's chorus with the, some of the women's chorus directing traffic. They had absolutely no dress rehearsal. So it was under enormous difficulties that they actually uh, got going. But the enthusiasm prevailed and it was a huge, huge success. A huge success. Uh, 
some of the lead singers, there were, and there were quite a few of them in this actual opera, Mary Angela Kine, Patty Young, Vincent Byrne, Jerry Lynn, Sonny Malloy, Dolores Kelly, Tom Linsky, Raphael Ward, Patrick Mahan, Jim Slattery, and Jack Keneally. They were the leads only. The orchestra was uh, in charge. Dodo Courtney was in charge of the orchestra, and she was a huge stalwart and a huge <clears throat> uh, gift, really, to the society in their early days. Yeah. And Brother Cuthbert was still in charge of the choir. Uh, Noreen Warner was, she uh, led the orchestra. Brother Morris and Sean Beatty were in charge of stage management. John Mulhern and Dickie Byrne painted the sets, and Mulhern could never resist his signature. He always put, painted a pair of milk bottles on the set somewhere, <clears throat> uh, as he did on that occasion as well. I don't know if many people noticed. Yeah. Peg Grealish was the wardrobe mister, mistress, and Dick Kilgariff did the lights. So it ran for the week. It was an absolutely enormous success. I, I was at it myself, I remember. Uh, and I, but I especially remember how it engendered so much energy into conversations in Galway. Did you see? And wasn't it great? And wasn't Sonny great? No, no, Mary Angela Kine was the star, all that kind of thing. Uh, it's, it was such a long time since opera had come to Galway. And here it was, homegrown with a lot of local. And very fine talent, actually. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, that set them off on a program. The following year, they did Il Trovatore, then The Bohemian Girl, La Traviata, Martha, Pirates of Penzance, Faust, Carmen, La Traviata, Rigoletto, Cavalleria, Rusticano, and I Pagliacci, Trovatore. This was a serious uh, program of yeah, grand yeah. operas over <clears throat> a period of about 10 years. Very serious. And then they changed in 1963. They decided they would have a musical. And the first one they did was The Lily of Killarney. Hmm. And after, after that, it was all uh, musicals. But... All the time, they were nurturing local talent. They were having a lot of fun doing yeah. these productions, uh, <clears throat> really thoroughly enjoying themselves. But much more importantly than that, giving enormous pleasure and entertainment to thousands and thousands of Galwegians down through the years. And, and this went on and on. They kept managing to bring up <clears throat> uh, a major production every year. They also did quite a lot of charitable work at Christmas. Uh, it wasn't just, uh, you know, for the one show that they did it, but yeah. uh, they were very active. But they always, they were always working under financial constraints mm. because, as you can imagine, if we take the first production, nine lead singers, 60 of a cho chorus between men's and women's chorus, yeah, and an orchestra of 12. <clears throat> and not having the theatre available, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you could get over that, you could get over an awful lot. But I'm thinking just in terms of the sheer cost of the production. 
Uh, now, these were all amateurs, <clears throat> so they weren't being paid. But nevertheless, it was huge. I mean, just the costumes alone, for example, uh, <clears throat> would have been very expensive. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, but they survived. They kept battling through thick and thin until <clears throat> finally the recession came. Enthusiasm uh, had always taken over, had always triumphed over adversity. But the recession, it was literally just too much. Yeah. And so sadly, they ceased production. And they've left a major gap, really, in, in the annual calendar of Galway Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and the sad thing is as well that <clears throat> they were a wonderful vehicle for budding musical singing talents. Uh, and huge numbers of people went through the uh, <coughs> their system, really. So it's an awful shame, really. Anyway, I have a couple of photographs uh, this week. One is of a very early rehearsal with Dodo Courtney, as I say. She was the first honorary life member, but that's because she was vital to the company in the early days. And she is rehearsing with a group of singers. And then the other is because it's usually the stars that end up in the photographs. I thought, no, let's let's have the backroom team. And this was from their 1963 production uh, of, I think it was Rigoletto. <clears throat> uh, but it's the backstage crew, the guys that did all the work behind the scenes to make the cogs to keep turning and the production run smoothly. So that's what we have this week, and uh, a lot of people will have very fond memories of uh, the Musical Society. There was <coughs> always varying opinions. <clears throat> For some people, it was never quite the same after they finished with mm -hmm. producing operas and went into musicals. And for others, of course, it was a whole different life yeah. and yeah. energy and enthusiasm when they went into musicals. So there will always be differing opinions about the Patrician Musical Society. Yeah, very good. Yeah, lovely. That's great, Tom. Well, that's me this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure that'll stir a lot of memories in people. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Anyway, until yeah. next week, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. God bless and thank Bye -bye. you.